Listener Production. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. Relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, and thank you for watching. That sounded very sincere and earnest. Did it really? Yeah, did, was it? Hello, and, and thank yeah, you, you know for what watching. it had? Newsreader fil- finishing a bulletin and have a safe night. And thank you for watching. For watching. Yeah. <laughs> May your good news be good news. Who's that? And thank you for watching. Who says that? I don't know. It's a good like, one. I, I bet somebody says that. May your news be good news. Mm. Don't fuck around. <laughs> Don't <laughs> the ABC fuck around. Yeah. This has been ABC News. <laughs> fuck around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> don't, ABC News. Don't shit where you eat. <laughs> ABC News. <laughs> Friday nights for fighting. <laughs> ABC News. Just they start vamping it up. That's the new thing at ABC News. They're just but with the same beautifully articulate tone. I got ninety nine problems. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's peel back the curtain All a right. bit. We've been bulk recording. This is uh, yes. this is the, the last in a long line of episodes we've recorded Not today. Not a long line. Four. This is our fourth in four, a row. That, that's, probably the, our, that's the longest we've done in a while. Is that the most that we've done? I mean, we used to do longer episodes. Do you remember last? But have we ever done like... 2022 when yeah. I headed over to overseas for a couple of months and we went nuts on the recording. But I can't remember we did four in one day. I feel like we did like maybe... Maybe six in a week, but yeah, I don't know if it how was, many was in a day. But I don't think that we did do a four in a day. I can't even like even back when we used to do f- two hour episodes of Tofop. I don't know that we would have clocked up four hours. Uh, I mean, I think we might have done this length of time before. Really? Yes, in one sitting I'd, for one episode. In one no, but in one day, I think that we would have okay. like maybe done a couple two of episodes. two hour yes. episodes. Yeah. But I, I think, think the that idea was, that we this, used to drink a lot more back Yes. <laughs> and we were young men. Yeah. We wouldn't shut the fuck up. But this is like episode four in one day. I know, clean and sober, drinking water out of jars, which is what the uh, listener can afford, I'm assuming. I don't know why we don't have proper I mean, you know, I am enjoying the fact that there's like these ma- are these mason jars, is that what, what these does are? What does that mean? I don't know. Isn't masonry like Something you used to put bricks together? Oh, yeah, maybe. So maybe they aren't. Like, but I thought that style of jar. Yeah, this was is called... like inner city cafe, charge you nine dollars. Fifteen for a... years ago. Like, is it still Oh yeah? Are no, people still drinking serving... shit in oh, jars. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought we got we'd have got over no, that. No, mate. Like if it's a jar, it's a glass. That's the that's the cafe motto. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> may your news be good news and may all your glasses <laughs> be, be jars. jars. <laughs> I don't understand it. It is not a better way of drinking. It's the worst way. Your lip gets caught on the <laughs> thread. It makes I no sense. I assumed it was an 18-month trend 15 years ago, and I thought it was anachronistic that these were in jars. To the but... point now where you can buy jars with handles. So they keep mm. the aesthetic of the thread on top of the jar, and they'll give yeah. you a handle so you can no. hold it. Like you can go into a two dollar store and buy jars for drinking. Yeah. Jars ain't for drinking. <laughs> jars, are, jars are for jars for are jarring. For, <laughs> jars are for storing. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, I guess this is a good point as any. Um, mm. Not only are jars for, for storing, but yes. young people are for quizzing and we have one of the youngest mm. going around. It's true. Um, this is our social media manager. Sure. Well, what's your actual job title, Nick? I think technically video edit is probably the uh, right yeah. term. But, um, if you've ever watched a video on our Instagram or Twitter uh, in the last uh, 12 months, and Nick has been the genius behind it. But Nick, do you, are you aware why we have you on the show now? Yeah, I got a heads up from Mike about five minutes ago or half an hour ago. Good. All right. So I don't know um, if Mike fully worded you up, but we were having a discussion in our previous episode about um, generational relevance, like cult- uh, cultural relevance uh, to different generations. And I was using the example of um, uh, a friend of mine sent me a, a, th- a thrash band who are using Arnie uh, quotes as lyrics. And I was saying that's kind of the mm. equivalent of my parents play me Black Sabbath with John Wayne. And then I started asking, Will, do you think young people feel the same way about our cultural touchstones like Arnie and so forth that young people do? So you are our designated young person. Like, Can you just yeah, tell me, like, what do you – like, what does Arnie mean to you? Like, what's your, what, what's the, what does he bring up? Are you as uh, familiar with his films as we are? Look, I think of probably Predator. That's probably like the point of reference that I go to. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. I think The Expendables has done a lot for like that sort of generation oh, of Okay, uh, we're going to have to pause heroes. right there. That That's the first impasse we've reached. The, the Expendables is not. But no, but this is like the point being is like we consider that to be the retirement project of all those Action like stars. people that we know and love. But for a young person, that's your entry point where you get to see them all in the sort of like, you know, their Justice League yeah, joined yeah. together. And then you go off and discover that they've all got these previous careers. So things like quotes of Arnie's like famous, I'll be back or, you know, um, get to the chopper or stick around or any of that kind of stuff. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. No, like I'm, I'm across most of it. Um, okay. And of course, I've seen like the classics. Um, but if you want like an in-depth analysis on Arnie, I'm not sure I can give that to you. <laughs> so who's the, who's the, your action hero du jour, like if uh, for yeah. you and your friends? Look, I, I think the one that gets brought up the most is probably Mark Wahlberg, which is uh, quite what? unfortunate in its own right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mark Wahlberg. What? That was my Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. What? Uh, yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's spot on. Um, <laughs> no, it's or I guess uh, maybe uh, Keanu Reeves. He's probably a good, good one as well. Oh, now, well, yes. now you're talking our language. That but is- see, is Keanu – but doesn't that – because I always feel like Keanu is – like how do you – do you only see Keanu as a young person? Do you see Keanu as like, I guess, John Wick Matrix forward rather than like we Ted. had Bill and Ted's? Like – I I see him as both. It requires a bit of like distance. Seeing them back to back would give me a whiplash. But oh. like, yeah, <laughs> I see Bill and Ted as well. I mean, admittedly, I was also more of a Wayne's World kid, so like Bill and oh, Ted, I can kind of oh, like see. That's yeah, I mean, yeah. that's yes. that's a total cultural reference that we get. That makes me feel less old. So, was Wayne's World? Is that unusual though that you would like Wayne's World? Would your friends all feel like Wayne's World like you do? I feel like I'm on, like, the cusp of it. Like, I feel like people my age up to, like, maybe, like, 10 years older than me would probably, like, get the Wayne's World references. I don't know how many people, like, younger than us would get it. 
Okay. Uh, also, okay. for a point of reference, I'm 25, if that, if yeah, that that's clarifies yeah. anything. Yeah. I mean, this is the good amount of, like, distance. Like, we, you know, 25, I'm wrapped that you're getting as many as these, to be honest. Yeah. What, what, what about The Rock? How did you feel about The Rock? How do young people feel about The Rock? I know him from the Scorpion King. That's oh, kind of like, so this is the sort of stuff the we're all looking for. That's we the, wanted that's to the good know. stuff. The good yes, stuff. Yes, okay. This yeah. is this is more like it. So prior to you don't know I mean, you know he was a wrestler, obviously, but like you don't know about that persona of the rock that he had as a wrestler? Not not really, that's but also I'm not really like a, a wrestling guy. Uh so yeah, I can't really help you out with that. No, but that was like the era that he became famous, like wrestling was huge. It actually broke out. It went mainstream. So that is definitely like I think a cultural marker there that you sort of see him as a movie star. Yes. Whereas for our generation, he's wrestler first, movie yeah. star second. We're wrestler rock. Gen- we're from the wrestler, <laughs> the wrestler rock, rock, rock generation. Which is Russell Crowe's new band. <laughs> yeah. Wrestler rock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what about the Spice uh, Girls? We wanted to know about the Spice yeah. Girls. What's your vibe on the Spice Girls? Mm. Oh, I love the Spice Girls. Um, okay. I, I feel like you, you can't get enough of them. They're in like the same boat as like ABBA for me. Obviously, there's a bit of difference there. Oh, as as, like, that's era. good. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Yeah, that's so interesting. Because okay. ABBA, when I was your age, yes. ABBA were old yes. to me. But, yours, but they're both old they're to both him. They're both old to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, goodness! Yeah. Oh, that's good. What about Nirvana? Yeah, that was yes, that was one. Like, that's probably like more in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, I'm a big Foo Fighters fan. Okay. So, like Nirvana, I'm across like Nine Inch Nails. I started listening to um, oh, all that '90s stuff. I kind of am into, um, yeah. but also. Most of the stuff I listen to is like from the seventies and eighties. So, yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so that's that's a long way back. So, do you view Nirvana though as being like the music of Nirvana? Like, is it as relevant? Dave Grohl's old band, yeah, or is it like? Yeah, to you, is it like that guy in the Foo Fighters, you know, he used to be in another band too called Nirvana, but one of the guys died. Yeah. Or is it like, do you, or is like Nirvana seen as a bigger band than Foo Fighters for your, you and your generation? I reckon Dave's always seen as like the guy from Nirvana mm-hmm. who just happened to have another band after Nirvana. Like, I feel like that's kind of like the interpretation from my generation. Okay. Yeah, um, but also it's like... Yeah, we also like look at stuff like um, you know the Killers and stuff like that. I see them as a new band, like yeah. a relatively new band, not yeah, kind yeah. of acknowledging that they're over twenty years old at this point. Which how do you is, feel? Uh, how yeah. do you feel about Blink One Eighty Two? Because I've found like people of your generation like revere Blink One Eighty Two as being this like groundbreaking band. Is are you one of them? I I'm more of a Green Day kid. Oh, um, I, I, more I, like us. <laughs> I like this kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the point where we find out that Mike's, uh, Mike's actually put in a plug. Like I'm actually like <laughs> a sleeper. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, agree yeah. with you and all of your opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I, uh, one more. We were talking about take that. Now, do you remember anything about the career of take that? No, I, no. I have no yeah. idea. What yeah, you're there you go. But, but, I'm, but I don't remember. <laughs> but that's what I mean. But this is like oh, we were talking broke. about that cultural right. context, right? Of like 
in the UK, I think that Take That and the Spice Girls were kind of seen as culturally equivalent, even if they might not have had exactly the same amount of success. Whereas for some reason, the Spice Girls went global and everybody knows about the Spice Girls and Take That just never quite. I think the Spice Girls were meant to be like the female version of Take That, but it got even bigger than they could have have imagined. Um, Sorry, we have a couple more. I know Will said one last one, but I think we have a couple more. Uh, One thing that really I want to know about with your generation (laughs) is there a fear of a, like when if a phone rings, even if you recognize the number, you just don't answer. Or if someone sends you a text, like, you know, not an urgent text, but a text sort of saying, you know, hey, we've changed plans, we're meeting at eight instead of seven, that you don't respond and that's acceptable? Uh, so with the phone call one, um, yeah, look, before when I didn't answer during the last episode, that was actually <laughs> genuinely a technical uh, issue. That wasn't, that wasn't a generational thing. Um, but like, yeah, general rule of thumb, if there's a number I don't recognize, my logic is if it's important, they'll text me. Like yeah. there'll be a follow up. But then on texting as well, I, I found like, I don't know if it's a me thing. I feel like it's probably more of a generational thing. If someone texts me, I'm either going to respond within five uh, minutes or within like three months. Like there's no in between. Um, But what? So it's like. (laughs) But do do you not feel an obligation to the person who has sent the text to acknowledge acknowledge receipt of text? No, they don't. No, it's like the way I look at it. This is going to sound a bit weird, but I feel like if they've sent me a text and it was something important, they'd try calling me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, We have one one last thing. Uh, Has there been any, in the 12 months or a video you've made for us, has there ever been a cultural thing that like a pop culture reference or something that we've talked about that you've been like, what the fuck are they talking about? I don't understand what they're talking about. And you've had to jump on Google and look it up. It, the, the one that stands out, there was a show that Will brought up where the villain in it had like split makeup. So it was like ah, black on one side and then still East on right, the other. East right. Mr. Mr. Bad. Mr. Bad. East right. East right. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, that, I had that, no idea what that was about. Yeah, I, when a, I Googled it, I was like, I don't know if we can run with this. I don't know how problematic this is seen these days. I mean, that, that, that's a deep cut even for yeah. people of our generation. It was like it was a second-tier soap opera. Like you had your neighbours and your home and away, then E Street. You'd... Part of the fact was that it had trashier and more extreme storylines, like a serial killer who painted half of his face. Yeah, Forrest Redlick, I believe, was the uh, the creator of that show. But it? at the time, it was a – like that was a storyline that everyone was talking about at the time. Who knew the show? Like yeah, that yeah. was kind of – Peak E Street for me was like the Mr. Bad <laughs> serial That's killer what it in E Street. Yeah. E Street also had a, a storyline called Dog Boy in which Reverend Bob, played by Tony Martin, mm. found a boy living under his house, like an eight-year-old boy <laughs> <laughs> who had been raised by dogs. And Reverend Bob... Like, 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 lured him out of underneath the yeah. house, and 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 within like two weeks, got him into school. <laughs> like, good. Fed him wheat picks in a bowl, <laughs> yeah. and then a week later, he's at high school and speaking English. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was happened. homeschooled by dogs. They were very <laughs> progressive dogs. They actually taught him quite a lot. Ah, uh, Street was a classic show. All right, Nick, thank you so thank much. Thank you, mate. Uh, we appreciate it. Won't take it. any more yeah, of your time. And if, I, if I if I send you a text and you don't respond, I won't take it personally. Yeah, great. Give me three months. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see you, mate.
Ah, well, you know what? Yeah. I feel a lot better about that. I think that cleared up a lot of stuff. I think there's just certain cultural markers which transcend. Like the Spice Girls ABBA thing was was, illuminating. uh, That was, for me, was a big one. Because I was like, oh, yeah, okay, you see these as being equivalent. And in a way, I think both of us at exactly the same time went, oh, yeah, that does make sense. sense. That makes complete sense. And it's also, isn't it interesting with cultural bias, it's your decade. Like, obviously, we're 90s kids. So, like, uh, we've talked about this heaps on the show that I just get so kind of, like, sucked back into, even watching this Robbie Williams documentary, it's like, oh, it was the best of times. (laughs) Like, the 90s was so good. Like, pre-social media, you know, the infancy of the internet, everything. I think that we're always going to have that, that we were the last proper generation before the internet, internet took right? Over, yeah. Like, because the internet, for good or for ill, has changed everything forever, right? So we were, no one else gets to be the last bit of that. We got to be the last bit of that and then sort of go into whatever this new world is that we all live in, which seems to be terrible. Be awful. <laughs> just and like a inescapable hellscape. <laughs> I guess that's, just, a, that's what we're doing now is just... I guess this is it. What can we do about it? But it's it's interesting because like, you know, your 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 bias tells you that oh, the music I heard was new to yeah. me at the time, so it's always going to be fresh. Yeah. But then by the time Nick hears it, it's been copied and you know facsimiled so many times that it's 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 like ba- base. I was gonna is that the kids understand that what that word means? Don't they? Ba- what base? 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 Doesn't that mean what does like that mean? yeah? No, Amy's giving me the thumbs up. I'm all about that base. No, not that base. No not treble. that base. <laughs> <laughs> no, as in it's like it's just the lowest common denominator. Like it's, it's basic. Basic. Oh, hang on. Is base and basic the same thing? We need a young person, Amy. It's based, not. Not oh, just based. Oh, based. Oh, it's, based. You get a blast right. That's so yeah. embarrassing. They're going to like put – I'm this close to being put into a nursing home. Well, I, I can be. Like I, by the time people are hearing this, I'm 50 years old. By the time is There it? are some yeah. retirement communities that will now accept me as part of their community. We've talked about 50 this. Plus. You're going to be the young guy who goes around. Yeah. Like, the whippersnapper. I'm ready. Like this could be it. I just – I don't – I like I'm ready What if I had a gang? It. Like take a gang what in. What do you mean? Like a youth gang in the nursing home? Yes. Like, so, like, it, there's part of me that when we originally spoke about it, I was like, I'm the lone guy who's going in. But I've thought about it a bit since. And Get I'm like, oh, no, actually, yeah, if you got, like, got a whole, like, if, say, five of us yeah. decided to move to the retirement home, then yeah. you run that fucking job. Totally. Right? And you're up all night and the oldies are complaining yeah. about yes. you playing your music too loud yes. and stuff. You feel young again. But then the way they combat that yeah. is they bring in some 30-year-olds in to annoy you. So it just keeps happening. Well, it's great. There's some young people. And then we have, I think what we're establishing is modern society. That's that's the only thing we're discussing, right? I guess so. (laughs) Now, well, I wanted to um, bring something up uh, that a lot of the listeners wanted to get, you know, our opinion, but particularly your opinion on, which was this um, uh, George Carlin AI Mm. stand-up special. Um, Now, for people who don't know a, a, I guess, what do you call them, an AI group or or some kind of agency um, put together this, what would be a stand-up special in the style of George Carlin? Obviously, George Carlin or his estate had nothing to do with it. It wasn't based on. They did not. In fact, Kelly Carlin, who is is his daughter. Did I say Carlson? No. Okay, good. Uh, Kelly Carlin, who is his daughter, who's a previous uh, guest on Velocity. You can have a listen to that. Um, And... uh, she and the family were all against this as an idea. So I haven't actually delved into it that much yet. So 
I know by the time people hear this, people probably have heard about it or seen something of it, but explain it to me. Well, okay. What I think would be good is, um, cause I watched the start of the video mm. and there is a little intro done by the AI as a oh, personality okay. explaining who he is or who it is and what it is before it gets into the Carlin. The Carlin stuff I didn't really listen to because okay. I, I found it a bit creepy and weird, yes. but I think the intro is actually more illuminating than anything else. Okay. So let's have a listen. Hello, my name is Dudesy and I'm a comedy AI. What you're about to hear is my second hour long special. Before I get started, I just want to let you know very clearly that what you're about to hear is not George Carlin. Let's pause it for it's a sec. My- okay, let's start off yeah. with the voice they chose. Yeah, I, like hate, it's got, I, I hate this it's got guy. A, it's got a comedy voice, right? Yeah, well, like, like the most yeah, annoying comedy voice in the same way as hey, com- hey, in I'm the same a comedy way guy. As Comic Sans <laughs> yeah. is like a comedy text. It, this is like, yeah, it is so annoying. I'm like, if I met this guy backstage at a gig, I'd be like, I hate you. I hate you. Yeah, all right, let's continue. That I developed in the exact same way a human impressionist would. I listened to all of George Carlin's material and did my best to imitate his voice, cadence, and attitude, as well as the subject matter I think would have interested him today. Okay, just pause, so th- pause again. All right, so AI is already getting defensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I developed my hey. impressions. Yeah. Hey, listen, this is how it was done. Yeah. I did it very simply. Except the difference is you're scouring like, you know, hundreds if not thousands of hours of George Carlin in a way that it cannot be done by a human because by a human requires an element of skill. Yeah, there is a real yada yada on personalizing the idea that I listened to some recordings and I came up with some hot takes, isn't there? And can you say I listened when you don't have ears? Oh. I mean, you should use sort of like more technically specific terms, right? Which is well, like, that, but I the whole point mind. is to humanize it, isn't it? It's like, yeah, <laughs> I data mine all this. This yeah. fucking, yeah. There has to be honesty from AI. That's what you're demanding. Stop sugarcoating it. Yeah. Stop pretending that this is, if people are curious to it's hear no it, worse. then that's fine. Yeah. But be honest about what it is that you're actually doing and what you've, that you've scanned. Every aspect of like recorded material there is of George Carlin, and you've done a calculation through at like something that can only be done as computu- com- computer speed. <laughs> I was like computational. I, I can't say based. Computational. Is that what I was going for? Uh, like speed. Just tell me that that's what it is yeah. and that's how you've created it. Don't try to be like, I listened to a few old George Carlin recordings and now I've got an impression. Yeah, that's right. Because when you hear, like every time I hear like a comedian who does impressions mm. or an impressionist talk, they always talk about capturing the essence yeah. of the impression. And generally it hangs around like our word. Yeah, That's why you see some impressionists, they'll do like, it's like a two second impression. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. Liam Mason opening a jar of pickles or whatever it is. And that again requires like specific skill because you are not actually doing an impression. You're no. just picking up on a specific. You are capturing a moment that signifies so much. Like everyone, when they see that immediately goes, Oh, that's that person. That's, yeah. I mean, it's quite amazing really. Yeah. All right. Let's hear a bit more. Think of it like Andy Kaufman impersonating Elvis or like Will Ferrell impersonating George W. Bush. Seriously. With that go said, fuck yourself. Please enjoy my second hour long comedy special. I'm calling it George Carlin. I'm glad I'm dead. And please remember, this is me impersonating George oh Carlin. God. This is not George Carlin. Now, please give a very warm welcome to George Carlin. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we so, don't need to hear anymore. I mean, I need to hear a little bit oh, of the George Carlin. Okay. I mean, but, but before we get to that, yeah. I hate this AI. <laughs> so much. <laughs> so it's the much. most irritating breakfast radio The voice. worst. The like, worst, most annoying. Like... 
There is a world in which someone could pitch me this special with a different voice and maybe I'd be more receptive to it, but it's like they've created the Doodsy. most... Doodsy. Doodsy. Even the name. Like, like, if Doody had an appearance, like, you can just... Do you know who'd hate Doody? George Carlin. Yeah. George Carlin would fucking hate Doody. But why do you think that they... Like, George Carlin has such a specific kind of attitude and and, and voice and yeah. that is so opposite to Doody. Like, I just think it's so strange that they didn't pick a... Someone who voice. was already, well, just someone who's a bit ju- more neutral. Neutral. Yes. Yeah. And considered yeah, rather than the most is like the opposite to George Carlin. Yeah. And the fact that the AI is, yes, so completely and diametrically removed from like what the next thing's, why does it need to be in reaction to that? Unless, like, because when George Carlin yeah. started, he was, you know, like a, yeah, but he wasn't doozy. He wasn't doozy, but he was like, you know, like a kind of, you know, mainstream sort of TV comedian, like the equivalent I of. I mean, like even doozy, like in the year 2024, like AI is still like so. Like dudesy. Well, it makes still... me think of that like Simpsons gag when they get the was it the DJ bot to replace the oh, regular yeah, host. Yeah. It's like how about those clowns in Congress? Right. What a bunch of clowns! Like I it's mean, got it that does vibe. feel the same. But I need to hear okay. some of how it does George Carlin just so I can get a vibe for it. Is that possible? Yes. Sorry, Amy. If we just pause again. I think if that's AI generated audience noise, awesome. And can we get some of that for our next live show recording? Oh, it I sounds mean, real. It does sound real. And and you can you hear know the what? room. I'm fine with, but also that's a lot of applause that they've AI generated from themselves at the start <laughs> of this pretend special. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, dudesy, you don't. Anyway, it's even hilarious that they have applause. What's the point of that applause? There was nobody in an audience. There was Good no point. applause happening. This is literally being created. Yeah, but you never hear a stand-up special without an applause, though, do you? I mean, you could. Who? I mean, well, there are. There are. There are <laughs> Some <laughs> easy jokes to make no, there. <laughs> no. There are ones that have been recorded without an audience. But there's really? all, Yeah. I mean, Maria Bamford's done stuff. Really? Like, yeah. I so, mean, it's just a, is it, so is that more like spoken word then? Well, but, okay, so this gets interesting. Yeah. Do you think it's what the audience that changes that? Like, because mm. people are laughing at home. Like, yeah. you know, if you're watching something on television that's re- recorded in front of an audience, you're not necessarily laughing at the same spots those audiences are laughing. Yeah, I, I think it I think it is different because it's kind of like part of that um, symbiotic relationship that the performer has is, you know, you're, you've crafted your jokes based on – Audience reactions. Yeah, but what if I just came in and did all my jokes into this nice microphone and then we got Doozy to put in some AI audience in the background? You wouldn't be able to tell. And does that mean that it's not – because then not. it's sending the same signal, isn't it? Yeah, I guess I so. think I've talked myself around on this one. <laughs> but it seems weird that the AI has created itself a very long round of applause. <laughs> all right, continue, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to start off with a heartfelt apology. I'm sorry it took me so long to come out with new material, but I I do have a pretty good excuse. I was dead. (laughs) So technically, it wasn't my fault. If you want to blame somebody, you're going to have to blame God. Oh, stop. Pause. Which we all know is... 
just like. I mean, yeah, okay. Well, it does. I mean, there were some similarities to his style and sound. In the sound, definitely. Yeah. But it's just so, like, it's the it's so clearly the, the, the fingernail deep in terms yeah. of what George Carlin, the type, well, at the, the latter stage of his career. What it does about. not seem to have the capacity to do, based on that one joke, is it feels very much like it is able to take what's already out there and combine it into something, mm. but it isn't able to take it and elevate it. I guess when it becomes scary and dangerous is when you can take all those ingredients but then do what he would do today yeah. rather than this like cut and paste idea of like, well, really all you've got to work with is the ideas and concepts of someone who was like the AI hasn't got a way to go, let's take what George Carlin thought back then mm. and extrapolate it forward 30 years to like. Well, you, did you read that bit of news about, um, so AI companies are freaking out because there's a bunch of law firms were saying, well, hang on, a lot of this material they're drawing from is copywritten. Yes. So you can't just, you, you can't just trawl the internet, gather all this data and mm. then repurpose it. Because well, it's, it's all... bad luck because that's exactly what they've been doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I wonder if you, if that will be enforceable at all, like whether you. How? Well, it's something like this is clearly, yeah. and it's amazing this was even able to be released without being like slapped with a cease and desist or whatever. There are so many aspects of it being Wild West at the moment where there's not regulations in place and so everybody just does things until people tell them... You can't. You can't do it anymore. Yeah. And hope that the genie doesn't oh, get out yeah, of the, the bottle. That served us so well <laughs> with social media so It'll far, be fine, right? It'll right? Be fine. I'm, sure, I'm sure there'll we'll be no negative <laughs> consequences. When we can completely make a, a representation of someone that's imperceptible mm. from reality. Oh, yeah, and we won't be able to tell what's true and untrue oh. in any situation. I'm sick of the truth. It's fine. <laughs> Well, I like multiple choice. I've found the world too easy to understand up until this point. <laughs> I need to have a general cloud of misinformation over everything. Do you think there will be a comedian, though, at some point yeah. who's like, okay, I give full permission, like someone who they know they're yeah, oh, 100%. terminally ill? Comedians will do everything. So desperate for <laughs> attention. <laughs> and love. That's <laughs> why there's never been a co good comedy union because, like, there'll always be some comedian scab who'll cross the finger. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll take a job. I'll do it, yeah. <laughs> So you think like uh, you could see a world in which someone is like, you know, they say Bowie with Black Star, you know, his last yeah. album that he knew he was dying. And so a lot of that went into the writing of that album. You could see a comic being like, okay, I'm going to write one last stand-up special and feel free to take my voice and create this and release it. And so my kids. I'd be surprised that by the time this podcast comes out, it hasn't already happened. Really? Yeah, of course. Like people are always looking to hack the system, you know, be the person who there's been a reward through this social media revolution, evolution, whatever the fuck it is that we all see that if you can be the person who finds you're the star of the next big thing, yeah. that's where the real, like, you know, opportunity is, right? And then we've just shown people this pattern of you can become famous using this thing, you can leverage it. Here are the success stories of it. And so everyone's always looking for the next, I want to be, you know, Matt Reif was the guy who became big on doing crowd work online and now everybody's, you know, doing crowd work online. I mean, you see it happen all the time. So if you told some comedian that they could record all their stuff and then, like continue to release albums after their death, they'd probably kill themselves <laughs> on the spot, like to make it happen if that was part of the deal. I mean, but you'd be for what reason? Legacy. 
I mean, beyond ego. Care, so, the, yeah, right. So, beyond like providing for your family, whatever, like it's just ego. Oh, I didn't even consider a family. Well, that's what I was ego. thinking is the reason to do it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. so sell this special after I die so my family yeah. can make some residuals or whatever. But you're saying, no, they just do it to be eternal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there'd be the bonus How of being able to feed your family. What would it take for for an AI company comes to you and yeah. say, we want to license uh, your face and your voice for the production of, what would it take? I'd be happy they asked. Really? Yeah, I think we're going to live in a world where just people are going to take all that shit and never give you any money for any of it. So, yeah, right. So if there's a world in which somebody's willing to <laughs> recompense you for something that they could have stolen from your house. I mean, we've talked about it on this show. Yeah. Like, we have enough material out so there much. that someone could easily You do. can do a TOEFOP AI. This could be a TOEFOP AI. Oh, my AI. God. Wouldn't How that do be? You know? the, that's the Black Mirror episode. We're inside it now. Yeah. How do we know that this is not an entire… We have to do that. We have to do it. and not. But, but we've got to be disciplined and not reveal and see if anyone notices. So just in the middle of a year, yeah. we drop an AI episode and then we just keep going and then we see if anyone But notices. I don't think we want to be on the side of the AI. Like it shouldn't – We like, develop our own oh, ethical we, AI. We develop our own. <laughs> okay, e no, this is a, a much better plan. <laughs> you know, Charlie and Will, they're doing <laughs> – Ethical AI. And so we only we, – um, Everyone Relax could be our, our slogan. So it's Everyone Relax and then Colin, ethical AI company. <laughs> We've pivoted to an ethical AI company. We've talked about it enough. Yeah. So I feel like I – so to make it ethical, yes. it means we only repurpose our own image and like our own likeness and, and voice. That makes it ethical, right? I well – Because we're not – we're not stealing from anyone. We're not putting words into other people's mouths or anything like that. It's just us. But what's the purpose of us, like... Living forever. Legacy. But are you talking about us actually living together? Or living no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely not talking about us living together. We're not Bert and Ernie. <laughs> uh, living forever? Yeah. Or do you mean the AI representations of us and our show would live forever? Um, the AI represent... Oh, both. So the real show, the, so you'd have like OG... Tofop, Will and Charlie yeah. or whatever, like, you know, everyone relax, Will and Charlie. And then you've got new material being produced every year. But we're not doing it anymore. By AI. What, what are we doing? Running we're the dead. AI company. We're, we've been long dead. Oh, no, we're dead. Okay, that was what I was trying to oh, clarify. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. So we're not oh, living there'd forever. Be, there'd be a crossover period. We'd develop AI yeah. to a point. Um, I, I guess we could, we'd have to make... We don't have to make any money from it, but it would be nice. Well, if we, we'll, we'd, we won't we'll, make we'll, any money from it, I'm sure. But like, if we're going to run our ethical AI, well, is my, it just the for goal us? is legacy. We just so the goal is that, that everyone we, relax will never die. That there will always be everyone relax for eternity. But it won't be us, so it doesn't matter. Like, well, like, no, is that a legacy? We can set the if an AI is making the show, well, you have to obviously. What if the AI is better at the show than we are? Probably will be after yeah. a while because it's a learning, it's right. open learning. We've learned nothing. But I. <laughs> but if it was truly to represent us, wouldn't it be able to? Wouldn't it have to learn at the exact same rate that we learn at? Right, like because it would be no yeah, good. Can... It would spoil the show if it had an AI accelerated learning. So it does one episode like we do it, and then by the next episode it's actually made it into a good podcast. <laughs> no, but I think you'd set the parameters, right? So if you look yeah. at the parameters of our show, like and the way we always said don't listen to the first yeah. 100 episodes or whatever. So we set the parameters. But So are we saying we that code, to the AI yes. though? When we like code the AI, Will and Charlie move at this pace. Yeah. The show evolves like this. 
You but know, isn't part of what formed us, don't listen to the first hundred episodes, if you don't feed it in, does it have an incomplete picture of who we are? Because part no, of no, who no. we are is I'm that saying, we came from that. No, no, I'm saying feed all that in, but yeah. it's more about uh, AI learns how our show evolved mm-hmm. and the pace at which we evolved, the snail's pace at which yes. the show has finally gone from being in my front room and my rental into this studio yeah. here. It took I mean, technically it's only years. made it about... 11 kilometers, I reckon, from where you used to live. <laughs> but with but, like studio lighting, yes. and multiple cameras and stuff. So the AI knows that's how we develop. So, on a if you extrapolate 14 years yes. from like garbage to acceptable, mm-hmm. and then whatever the next generation from acceptable to that's what it's good, ethical about our AI is it evolves at the same rate as the, it doesn't have humans, an accelerated. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what makes it ethical. Yeah. So whatever the creative or yeah. um, uh, it can't accelerate a pre-existing, pre-existingly established pace of like evolution. That's right. Yes. That's, we, we so so it's it has not to bad, actually. So it has to understand us and the way our mm-hmm. views have changed as yes. well, and our opinions on things have changed. Yeah, it needs to evolve, but and just not at a disproportionate rate. To that's right. And so th- those opinions that we have now, yes, with the AI, have to change in fourteen years because our opinions yes. fourteen years ago changed around certain things. I mean, I'm sure AI will is still like championing okay computer or whatever. Yes. You know, AI Charlie's probably still going on about five and where's Jay and all that kind of stuff. Maybe but, Jay's back by then. <laughs> Maybe Jay's problematic. Um, <laughs> oh, well, that would be uh, not good. <laughs> but that would at least like give the AI something to deal with because that will be the conundrum, right? Is it's like, well, how is society? Because we changed our opinions and values and yes. stuff based on how society shifted. I think like, you know, most most performers did that. So the AI has to be within the parameters we set moving like that as well. Okay. Yeah, I like this. This does feel more ethical. Yeah. I like your company. Can I invest? (laughs) You can. (laughs) One crusty donut. I've got some letters to get yeah, through. Yeah, okay. We've got to get to some letters. Because I promised last episode that we're going to get to the mailbag and we got through three. We got to some, though. <laughs> we we dipped into the mailbag. We dipped, but there's more to get to. And, okay. And uh, people have been very, very patient. If you want to send us some mail, the best way to do that is to go to everyonerelax.co. There's a little contact form there. You just select the show you want to contact, whether it's philosophy or Two Guys, One Cup or TOEFOP, um, and you'll be able to find us. Okay, here we go. This is from... Rach. Now, when I read this letter out, you're going to be like, oh, Charlie, why'd you include this? But I think it's worth revisiting this topic. No, 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 it's not about you. It's about me. Okay. Um, It's about the story I told. Yes, about stealing. No. (laughs) No? No, it's not about that. Oh, it's not about that. Hey, Charlie, and in brackets, and Will. Okay. So it's more directed to me. Long-time listener, first-time caller. In episode 401, Charlie talked about changing a tire on the way to the airport and how he thought his wife should have been more impressed. So do you mm. remember that story? It's when we were in Portugal and we were running, racing to the airport and just as we got to the airport, I busted a tyre and I got out and managed to change the tyre and get the car and get Jem and Iona to the airport. And, and I was saying that, like, Jem wasn't more impressed. Mm. Now, Rach says, as a woman, mm. let me tell you, there is nothing sexier than a capable man, someone who changes the tyre can hang a heavy picture frame on a wall and can build anything out of wood. 
hot. Okay. I can change a tie. Out of uh-huh. those three things, I don't think I've ever hung a picture. I think of. after watching a YouTube tutorial, you could do both of the other things. Make something out of wood? Yeah. I thought actually. I'm not make, I'm not make anything out of wood, but I think that, make yes, you could out make of something out of I wood. I actually have this fantasy like, you know, oh, what am I going to be like when I'm sort of older and, yeah. you know, doing more things just at home, you know? And I was like, maybe I'll make furniture. Yeah. How hard is it to make furniture? I mean, I think probably pretty hard, really? but I think you could learn how to do Basic. it. Basic. I'm not talking like, you know, anything. <laughs> not good furniture. <laughs> 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 Basically, I'm just going to get a stump and sand right. the edges. If you made the worst <laughs> furniture and then tried to sell it as if it was like... Just nails jutting out of it. <laughs> Can't hold even like oh, you haven't, 10 you kilos haven't of sanded weight. anything. Uh, it's just, oh, that's just a tree. <laughs> so I just spat on you. That's I hope the camera did the cameras pick that up? <laughs> delete that. Amy, can we delete that from the edit? Oh my that, god. Before that gets released. Okay. Uh, Rach continues. Maybe in the early days of a relationship, the sexy feat of changing a tire would have resulted in a three-day bang fest. Oh, I went to three-day bang fest. It was great. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Uh, day four was a mess, though. Yeah. Um, however, by the time it played out, there were years of resentment over unwiped crumbs, farts, and accidental shrunken items of laundry built up, and your manly display of sexiness went largely unnoticed. Keep changing those tires, Charlie. It's a fantasy every woman is thinking about. Amy. Not your wife. We should introduce Amy to our audience. So yeah. uh, this is uh, – uh, Mike uh, has gone on leave for a, a time. He's uh, had a baby. He's going to yep. do the right thing and spend more time at home. And so this is our new producer who confusingly is not named Mike. It's Amy. <laughs> Can we? I think that would be better. I mean <laughs> – <laughs> I also think that would be better. Can we call you Mike? Okay, thanks, Mike. All right, Mike. So, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so, do you agree with our listener, Rach, that a guy who can change things is appealing? Oh, you know what? Anyone who's capable, handy, is that a, an attractive quality? Definitely. I think that's, you know, especially with, with women, with your famous, the your butch dykes, like that's that stereotype exists. So that's because an I think attra- a lot of people find it attractive as well. In, okay. in the opposite sex, uh, as well as what? in men. Is it? Yeah. But I am, okay. But there are so many people, including myself, who are incapable. Like the <laughs> yeah. time I changed that tyre, I didn't know that I was going to be able to do it. Like I yeah. attempted it and like I remember changing tyres maybe like 10, 20 years ago and managed to pull it off. It yeah. wasn't like it was a bit of luck involved in that. Like people who aren't capable find plenty of partners. I don't think Why it, aren't, yeah, like, I don't think it's handy the... people the most well it's not the only compelling thing but i think it's also just one of those things that is like even i am like i'd be impressed by it if i were there that day yeah and you did it i'd be like it's pretty impressive yeah, was it the impressive. speed that was impressive the pr- the- i think it was i think it was the pr- well I, my wife wasn't impressed but i think that no. was because we were under time pressure and yeah. trying to get yeah, to an airport to and, yeah and but stress. that's but i think that's but more not even like a, a kiss on the cheek when i got on the plane yeah. of like well done you know you got us there but no. i understand like, well she she doesn't consider that proper work well but jamie if you'd written her a poem she would have enjoyed that more <laughs> yeah no no but she's actually quite but jem's also quite handy herself like she's quite mm. practical and and good with stuff but i think it sort of comes down to more I think expertise, right? Regardless of if it's like physical capability, I'm handy. Yeah. I'm a, I'm turned on when someone's like an expert in a field. Like I love when someone tells me something that they're fascinated with or they're really good at. Like I remember once a taxi driver, he uh, d- he built his own um s- like uh, sound engineering boards for like uh-huh. music studios. 
and he built them from scratch and he was so into it that I sat in the cab after we'd arrived at my place and listened for 20 minutes as he described the minutiae of like welding together this like soundboard and stuff. Isn't that what is the kind of attractive quality? Someone's really good at something? I mean, I find that bananas. Really? Yeah. There's no way I'm staying in a cab with some dude to hear about his homemade soundboards and he's not going to have that. I'm like, are you going to murder me and put them in me in your soundboards? Do you have a soundproof room at your house that you're going to drag me back to? It was more, though, that he just kind of, like, he just knew all this stuff. It's like, it's so impressive that you know, like, how that circuit creates this sound and he was telling me that, like, there's certain kind of... um, old school like tubes that they use in like old mixing desks and stuff. And I was like, that to me is super, super impressive. Like more than capability, it's expertise. Okay. I don't know if I'm that impressed by that. Really? Yeah. Okay. What turns you on? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not that. I don't think that's what I want to answer either. All right. This came from Rita. Yes. Um, A bin dilemma. Charlie, this is another one directed at me. A bin conundrum, I'm seeking advice of or perhaps validation. Feel okay. free, both of you, to chime yeah, in yeah. if you have an opinion. I visited my folks over Christmas. Out the front of their house, a bin stood on the footpath. I asked, whose bin is that? I was told it belongs to a house seven doors down. The bin owners are too lazy to wheel the bin down a lane, which is next to my parents' house, around the back to another lane parked behind their own house. Mm. So instead, they just leave it out the front of my folks' place until bin day, at which point they wheel it to the front of their house to be emptied. So for six days a week, my parents have to look at this bin that everyone puts their dog shit in as they walk by. Oh, my God. They get their vengeance by putting their kitty litter and dog poo in it. Yes. But I feel that is not real justice. I need advice from a bin dispute expert. Should they move the bin away from their house? What would Charlie do? Okay. okay. She's asking me what first. What would you do? No, I, I want to know what you do. I, I, would I absolutely, I also... like, and make a show of it, I would wheel it back to their house 100%. Mm. I would even maybe even wheel it, like open their gate and wheel it onto their front lawn. Would you feel it with poo first? Not feel it with poo. The okay. poo, I think, is I'm not trying to escalate the situation. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to make a point. Your property, your bin, keep it yeah, there. What right. would you do? I mean, I don't know what I would do because I hate com- confrontation. Mm. So that's... But you're not confronting them if you're just wheeling it well, to yes, their place. Really? If you're wheeling a bin. If they're home, you're confronting. Yeah, but, but I mean, in general, you send a message. They're going to be like, "What's the message, though?" Keep your bin in your yard, mate. Yeah, but they already know that they're meant to keep their bin in their yard. Is that really going to? Oh no, they don't. Clearly, they think that they can leave the bin. Like, I mean, they think they here's can what because I, this is what. But they know you that's not a, what you, you're meant to you do. Think you can just wheel your bin in front of my house, my house. They do clearly in front of my think family that because you're doing nothing. No, that's not going to happen. Okay, you're going to make a statement. I'm going to make a statement. Yeah, Mike, what would you do? I just find it interesting how many if seven houses down, right? Yeah. Do you think the other six people in between were all wheeling the bin back and they didn't want them to wheel the bin back and they're the only ones that haven't? That's actually a good point. Yeah. Why did they go seven houses down? Well, seven is the God is God closest to God. <laughs> <laughs> if the devil is six, right? I mean, I think it might have been genuinely that idea of like, yeah, we left it three down, it got wheeled back, 
Right. Left it five oh, down. yes. That's probably he what got happened. wheeled back. Yeah. They found, she found a, they found they, their mark. They, they pushed it as far as, I mean, it's probably that perfect distance that's a long way to wheel it back as well. Yeah. Because if you get the excuse to yeah. say that, oh, it's so long to wheel it back. Yeah. But still, like, take your bin back. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're all in agree, yeah. agree, agreeance, agreement that yeah, you they're can't. They're both fine, apparently. You can't, oh, really? You yeah, can't leave agreeance it. sounds like it should be wrong, wrong, but it isn't, apparently. Okay. So we agree that you can't leave a bin in front of a stranger's house. Well, not for a week. No. I mean, yeah. when I used to live in Sydney, 24 in, like, hours in a high-density area, know. like bins were all over the shop. Like we had bins out of the front of our building, yeah. but there was bins everywhere. And so you could be sort of forgiven for like, you know, oh, yeah, I just forgot to collect it. But this sounds like a suburban street. Yeah, but what's your – I would have said that you're like – I mean, your standard is you put it out at night, you like – bring it back in the next day, right? But let's just say 24 hours to give people, you know, people mm. got shit on and you can't always get it perfectly timed. You're in a community. Some other people might bring them closer to the house or off the street or whatever it might be. You know, some sometimes the bins are community work. They're left on the street, but then like someone else who's out early brings them halfway back. Yeah. You have to do the rest of it yourself. Like I just think don't we as a community like want the bins off the street? Off the street. Except for the bins that are meant to be in. Well, unless you are in like where I live, the high density where there's lots of apartments yeah. and stuff and it's just not. High room. density. I actually, um, post Christmas, I had such an overflow of like, you know, in my bins, yeah. in, in the recycling and stuff. And so I did that thing that we've discussed many times in this show where I waited till the night before bin night. Yeah. And rather than targeting one bin, because I could have. I could have just gone to my neighbours and dumped it all in my eye. No, spread it out. Spread it out. Yeah. Over all the bins. So I felt like I was doing not the wrong thing because it was the night before midnight, 8.30. I waited till the sun went down. When I was moving But out, I was aware that someone might bring out a last minute, you know, bottle or something like that. So I left in like at least, you know, that much room at the Yeah, time. I left. But when I was moving out of my house last year. It's fucking annoying. A real pain in the ass to spread was, that shit around. No, I mean, I was getting some steps in. <laughs> I was walking the neighborhood, like just <laughs> totally. topping up, up a bit at each. Oh my God, I was folding like right. cardboard and sticking to people's bins. I was very conscientious in what I was did. I felt that was again, oh, yeah, yeah. ethical. Sometimes what you do, I don't know if you got to this point, but because I was doing it, you know, like clear, clearing stuff out of the house was sometimes I would rearrange people's bins. Yes, I did that. <laughs> I actually did. I, re, I Someone's recycling was wrong. They got the wrong yeah. things in there. They had the wrong stuff in there. And so I put it into the yeah. red bin. <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong with this. Uh, okay. Um, this comes in. Oh, so uh, one of our bonus episodes that would have played over the summer. Yeah. Um, was uh, when I was at Sydney Airport and I found that clump of pubes in the urinal mm -hmm. and there was a mystery oh, about, yeah. like, what happened? Yes. Um, so, Matt, and it's not like a theory, but it's kind of, I don't know, what you call it, additional evidence or another kind of twist in the tail? Okay. So, after listening for over 10 years, um, apparently pubic hair in a urinal is what gets me to write in for the first time. Okay. I just spotted this at an airport in Portugal, which is a strange coincidence. Um, I won't show you the link, but essentially he was at a urinal and there was a like a, like a razor blade, like a shaver on top of the urinal. Oh. So he's saying it's very okay. suspicious. I think there is someone who travels the world and shaves their pubes at the mm. urinal. Mm -hmm. Maybe so that like, you know, it's a um, – Catch me if you can situation. Because <laughs> he's been identified change, by the pubes. He's changed his appearance in every 
I mean, that is one that I have been thinking about a lot since we recorded. Yeah. I still have I no want to know. great insight. I mean, oh, no, I mean, it's, Mike. Uh, let's not. No, don't it's worry the first about it. episode. Let's yeah, not, please. Don't worry about it. I don't feel like this is a good start to this relationship. Okay. Um, all right. This is uh, from Aaron. Hey, guys. I was just listening to Paul Kelly narrate his new book, How to Make Gravy. Oh, yeah. And I thought. It'd be great if, you... if it was just a recipe for gravy. <laughs> yeah. It's like 60,000 words. Well, it gives it in the song. On how right? to make gravy. No, but it's just different gravy <laughs> yeah, recipes. <laughs> I thought of you guys, as he mentioned in the chapter after the show, a famous Irish entertainer. Oh, yeah. Who liked to have a beautiful woman waiting for him backstage to service him immediately after he oh, finished one of his dance extravaganzas. Oh, yes. Not sure where Paul Kelly heard it from, but you now have a published reference. That will okay. remain in the annals of history. Further proof you can't delete anything from the internet. Ironically, <laughs> Michael Flatley was also trying to make gravy. I mean, but managed to delete it mostly from the internet Except until we brought it back Kelly's up again. Paul Kelly remembers. Um, do you ever get sick of hearing how to make gravy around Christmas time? Uh, no, no, I, li- I like the song. How to you know they're making a movie about the song now. Yeah, Meg Washington is, is involved in oh, really? writing it, I believe, yeah. I mean, it is funny. Like, I really did have a good listen to it because it was one of the Paul Kelly songs that I'd never somehow had, I'd missed. In the last couple of years, I've really been listening to it and I had the thought of like, oh, God, this is such a story, isn't it? Like, you can really see all the characters and the siblings and all that kind of stuff. It'd be a great idea for a film. And then I looked it up and was like, oh, yeah, someone already had that yeah. <laughs> very obvious idea. Um, okay, uh, Sean has sent us a link and says, wants us to discuss this link to Facebook. Um, okay. So this is, uh, you may have heard of this story. Year three student Emma Glenfield has gone viral thanks to a school project on magpies that wound up conducting some cutting edge research almost by accident. Do you know anything about this? No, I don't. Oh, okay. All right. Very, that's, that's her. Adorable. Hang on. So okay, she did this report. Yeah. Community science helps us unlock some pretty... Hang on, is this her actual report? No. Okay, this is by Tom. Mm. <laughs> it started off like a kid's essay, oh, so okay. I got confused. Community science helps us unlock some pretty quirky aspects of the natural world, and those discoveries often come from unlikely places. Take year three student Emma Glenfield, who started with a simple question about magpies and wound up conducting some cutting-edge research almost by accident. Emma keeps a journal filled with questions. She doesn't always answer them all. It's more of an exercise in thinking about the world. Mm -hmm. One day, while she was watching her school's resident magpie, Mr. Swoops a lot, (laughs) terrorizing students, teachers and parents alike, a question struck her, why do magpies swoop? This is Emma now. He's been coming to school for a long time and he's been swooping all the dads. I noticed that and I wondered why. Ah. Who do they swoop and who do they target? Yes. Emma's teacher... Luke Carr thought those questions would make an excellent maths project. So armed with questions, Emma went into the field. The field in this case was the Blue Mountains Grammar School, Mr. Swoopalot's territory. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they've like actually capitalized Mr. Swoopalot. Like he's a real person. I watched the people he swooped and I recorded it, Emma said. And then I got everything recorded and I figured out they, uh, the people Mr. Swoopalot swooped, were male, they were tall, mm. and they had thin or receding hair. Oh, yeah. With the help from mum, 
Emma set up an online survey and printed out flyers with a QR code. Oh my God, this oh kid's a genius. She then hit the local park and asked strangers to fill it in. Okay. She didn't carry around a baseball bat like me. <laughs> she also asked students and teachers at her school. Emma asked respondents how old they were, how tall they were, what their hairstyles were, how much they weighed, and, uh, and whether or not uh, they were hurt as a result of the sweeping. Emma was so excited when the 150 students and teachers completed the questionnaire, Mr. Carr said. But of course, it didn't end there. The following day, I walked Emma out of the gate to meet her mum, and her mum said, yeah, it's gone viral. There's over 30,000 people oh who participated in the survey. Tens of thousands of people from right around the world did the survey and sent Emma their responses. So, what did she find? Being eight years old and not familiar with an Excel spreadsheet, Emma found a special way to present her data using Lego. Oh my God. <laughs> it's the most adorable thing you've wow. ever seen. And it turns out her hypothesis was right. The data shows very clearly in Lego, men with less hair are getting swooped more oh, often. I mean, that's unfair. But that doesn't make any sense why I'm getting swooped. I'm wearing a helmet. Oh, oh. You think it's the glint of the helmet. Right. They love that smooth dome. Smooth dome. Yeah. According to magpie expert Daryl Jones... Um, professor at Griffith University. It's the first time anyone has ever examined the link between magpie sweeping and appearance, which yes. baffles me. Uh, the number of respondents to Emma's survey also dwarfs anything researchers have ever been able to gather. The sample size is so big that Emma and her mum worked out that her results have just a 1% margin of error. Oh my God. And Professor Jones is now combing through the data to work out what else he can discover. Right. Mr. Carr encourages his students to do blah, blah, blah. Um, no surprises, Emma won the year three division, uh, beating out students from around the state. Yeah, I'd hope so. That means she was invited to enter the national competition. I thought I was a low chance of winning, um, and a low chance of winning out, out, out of Australia, she said. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And then it's all just nice, sweet stuff about kids doing good stuff. But isn't that awesome? And does kind of actually make me think that maybe that's what's going on, is I should just ride along that dangerous stretch of road without my helmet on. Or oh, uh, you've got to get a wig for your helmet. You got to put an extra layer on helmet wig. Helmet wigs. Okay, so we're making toe-up medical bracelets, yeah. toe-up garden gnomes, <laughs> and helmet and wigs. helmet wigs <laughs> for people that don't want to get swept. Ah, uh, okay. This is from someone who calls themselves Holden McGroin. Okay, Holden McGroin, family name, I assume, from uh, yeah. a long line of McGroins. Scottish, I believe, yeah. from the McGroin clan. Yeah. G'day, lads. Uh, I had a blast at the Sydney show with my two friends who were toe-up virgins. Explaining at the pub was a challenge, and this is his version of how he explained it. Will Anderson, you know him, and Charlie Clawson, not rhyming with awesome, from Home and Away, McLeod's Daughters. No further explanations attempted. <laughs> <laughs> they loved the show. They got to shake Will and Adam's hands afterwards, hopefully not too creepy. On a lighter note, every tweak to the podcast name feed makes it even uh, makes explaining it even trickier. So now <laughs> it's Tofop, part of Everyone Relax, which is also a comic, this Fofop named after, well, it's been renamed. Well, anyway, what does Tofop mean? Never mind. Sometimes you're your own worst enemies. Yeah, I mean, everything in the Everyone Relax feed, they're all clearly labelled. Welcome here. Uh, thanks for subscribing. If you want to tell people about the show, uh, following. We don't say subscribing anymore, do we? That's the new language. We yeah. say following. Thanks for listening. <laughs> consuming thank you the, the bullshit for absorbing that we, exactly and you can support us by going to our patreon of course as well and uh, um, there is a bunch of bonus content that is on the patreon page our last bit of mail this is from Nick and this will empty out the mailbag oh great until we it again. won't because we've banked a whole bunch of these episodes <laughs> and by the time it actually catches up to this time it'll be full again uh, this is to you Will's time machine okay back in the day 
When asking the time travel question at the end of philosophy, mm. Will would always preface with, I have a time machine. I don't really have a time machine. Mm. Then philosophy went on hiatus. Now when Will asks the question, he just says, I have a time machine. Yeah. Will, did you take a year off to build a time machine? <laughs> Fucking hell, that's wild. I mean, if I did, I wouldn't be able to say if I did. But if you're AI, you wouldn't say anyway, would you? Well, all I'm saying is if I were able to invent a time machine, I wouldn't mention it to people, clearly. What's the most, I mean, if you were Emma and you had to do a survey of all your philosophy yeah. guests and you had to ask them a time machine question, what is the most common answer? Or like, is it, what, what side of the spectrum are people going forward or back? I mean... I think get out your Lego. I think <laughs> you know the weird thing is of late there's been a lot more future like people who like a future forward. I always think it feel, feels very risky the future. Yeah, and especially I always, this future. I mean, yes. Well, I mean the only one that we have to deal with this future. Yeah, of course. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we don't live the, in a multiverse. I'm in the multiverse. <laughs> I mean this one, but yeah, yeah. they'll reboot it. No, the good, I'm talking fine. about a good future. It'll be, good. it'll be like it'll be great. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, like I, I've noticed there's been a trend towards future. I think that maybe there is a little bit of people want to know. Does, Does it work out? What happens? Does it work out? What I've do been, we look like in 10 years or 20 years watching, or 15 years? Um, uh, I think the series is called Life on Netflix. It's a nature documentary narrated by Morgan Freeman. Oh, yeah. It's about the history of like all species on the planet. It's an mm. amazing documentary. Like it's just the, the way they convey very complex subject matter in a very simple way for dumb guys like me to understand. But what I do get from watching this series is that it's all fucked. Like it doesn't matter. Like we're... <laughs> We are fleas on a dog's back, about yeah. to get scratched off at any point. I mean, it matters that we should be nice to each other and do our very best. Well, it doesn't, obviously, is what I'm hearing, because none of it means anything. Well, that, I guess, is the digital question, the yeah. AI question. Uh -huh. Are we just investing in AI? Because it's like, we tried the biological We tried being human. us, and it, it turns too out- hard. It was too hard <laughs> to be good at this, yeah. so instead we're going to hand it over to AI. Yeah, and let them make the best versions of ourselves. But I mean, it feels like a little early to give up on us. But also, like, don't you think, as I, humans, AI, like, do you feel like it is really time that the human experiment is over and we should move on to whatever's next, or should we try to actually do this well first for a while? The analogy I'll give you is planet Earth. Yeah, we gave up on the planet. Like that was a thing, right? Do we really want to like give up on planet Earth yeah. and try and colonize new planets? And we that and yeah, the like, answer was yeah, yes. Yes, there's got to be something do. cooler than this. Yeah, much better than this. I think the problem with the AI, like eternal life fantasy mm -hmm. is it like it still needs to someone like running the servers back here not many people though but so how's that going to work like who's staying back to make sure the servers are you know staying juiced and all that kind of stuff i don't know gary so we're all floating around in ai eternity yeah. heaven living whatever magical life we want and then we notice there haven't been any mm. admissions into ai heaven for a while yeah and then one of us gets a memo it's like Oh, geez, it's been like a cataclysmic event. Yeah. There's no meat puppets left to run the servers. No, but it'll all just be running by itself at that point. Do you think, though, for yeah. eternity? What if there's like, I mean, a meteorite's going to sort that shit out, unless we take it off planet. Well, then we won't, I mean, then we won't know. Then the meteorite ends it all. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so good. Oh, man. All right. All right. That is Tofa. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, yes. Thanks, Will. We'll be back next week. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.
listener.